0: Welcome to the sounds of Salwell from Mercury International. In this episode, Richard Hyam defines the role of visionary objectives in key account management. Uh, Richard, let's let's take a leap of the imagination. I'm, I'm a new key account manager. I have four accounts that I'm responsible for. Uh, I want to make an impact and I want to make a name for myself. How should I go about getting myself organized?
1: Well, first of all, be very grateful that you've only got four. There are lots of key account managers who are called key account managers who've got 50 or 60. So Ouch. you're in a good position. Uh, the second thing to think about is, well, where do you want to get to? Uh, I had a boss called Derek and uh, Derek used to put it beautifully. He said, if you don't know where you're going, then any bus will do. And in key account management, you can't afford to go on a magical mystery tour. You can't just say, oh, well, let's just see what comes along. And yeah, I like the look of that bus. Let's jump on that. There are key account managers who say to me, well, you see, the trouble is my key account holds all the cards. I just have to respond to what they want. Yeah. There's no point in me setting objectives. Sure. Um, and again, as I've said to you before, uh, we can't be tolerant of that. Grow up, get on with it. That's what you're paid to do as a key account manager, is set objectives and aim for the goals and be clear where you're trying to get to.
0: Okay, so help me out then, set
1: some objectives. Like what? Well, I think one of the difficulties with key account management is it's such a big subject that you need to break it down into more bite-sized chunks. So when it comes to objective setting, one of the things I encourage people to do is to set four levels of objectives. First, to set a visionary objective. Secondly, to set relationship objectives. Thirdly, the good old-fashioned smart objectives. Okay. And finally, to set stage goals.
0: Okay. So that's four levels then. So I think you started
1: with visionary. What's that about? Well, this is really dangerous stuff, Andrew. Because what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to dream. I'm going to ask you to visualize what this relationship could be like. I'm going to ask you to take away all constraints and look into the future and say, okay, it's four or five years from now. Whatever your line is, you may be in a very fast-moving environment where it's got to be two years ahead or one year ahead, but this isn't immediate stuff. And I want you to think, if everything went really well, what could be happening? And the sort of things that might come out are, that you've moved from being a third or fourth ranked supplier to the key account to being sole supply relationship. Okay. It could be that you've moved from working with them in one country to working with them globally, or one product or two product or service lines into multi-service lines. So here we're talking about take away all constraints. Don't limit yourself. Don't think, oh, that could never happen. Because as soon as I start to dream about an account... I immediately start to think about all the compelling reasons why my dream couldn't materialise. Oh, we can't deliver in Indonesia. Or this product's particularly weak. Or our accounts department will always hold us back. Right. So just put those, deliberately put them to one side. Talk in the present tense when you describe this. So don't say, we will be doing this. But take yourself forward to your two, three five-year horizon and describe the situation as it is. Beware of the glass ceiling that limits you. Let me give you an example. My first really major relationship that I won in Mercury was for about £150,000 and it was with a large insurance company. And foolishly, I was walking out from the building to the car park with my talking partner, the guy who just signed the contract. And I said something very foolish. I said, oh, it's good to have got this sorted out and agreed. These large programs do take a lot of work to get organized, don't they? And I remember him stopping, looking at me and saying, large program, this isn't a large program for us. I've just signed a contract for 10 times this size with... XYZ. Now, in the Mercury of the time, and this is a long time ago, that was seen as a heroically large project. And I realized that I'd allowed myself to be limited by the environment that I was in about what big is. Now, at that moment, I determined that I was going to be the first person to sign a seven figure contract in the financial sector in Mercury. it took two years but we did it my glass ceiling had been raised and your visionary objectives have got to burst through the constraining thought processes of the people around you
0: okay i've got two questions why is the first question the second question is well how do you kind of bridge the credibility gap between yes allowing yourself to dream about the the amazing thing that could happen but also, you know, sort of remaining some
1: commercial and realistic focus. Well, I'm going to be really radical here, Andrew. I'm going to answer your first question first. OK, that makes a change. <laughs> and my answer, why, is very simple. It's Martin Luther King and Obama. Unless you've got Martin Luther King saying, I have a dream. When that dream was an impossible dream, yeah. you don't get an Obama. Yeah. Now, Obama would say that. And would acknowledge that. And at the time, what King was doing was arguably unrealistic, unsustainable and incredible. But he had to set that vision. Now, what we're talking about in key account management is not as significant as changing the face of the United States of America. But unless we think like that, we're not going to get where we need to get to. And that's my why.
0: Okay, so the second question was about bridging the reality gap or bridging the credibility gap, perhaps.
1: Right. A visionary objective alone will not get you where you want to go. But if you don't have a visionary objective, you will not get as far as you could go and as far as you should go. So, a couple of practical things. First, choose whether to be public or private with your visionary objective. Yeah. My personal experience is the more I talk about my visionary objectives, the more robust and realisable they become. Right. But it takes courage. I was talking about this with a large life office some years ago, and one of the guys there, very senior manager, now director, said, Richard, what's your visionary objective for our relationship? And I gulped and I thought, ah, oh, what do I do? And I thought, well, courage, my friend. And I told them what our visionary objective was. And it involved a global relationship, all sorts of things. And the room went very quiet. And I thought, I have blown it. I've destroyed the relationship. Peter looked at me and in front of everyone else said, now I understand why you seem so serious and engaged in this relationship. Right. Anything that you need from me, come to me and I will help you. So be bold. But also, if you've got the kind of boss who will convert your dream into next month's objective and <laughs> figures, well, be wise. And you may want to just hold it back a little bit. So that, I think that's one thing about holding on to the visionary objective. Choose whether to go public or private. The second is that a visionary objective alone won't achieve anything. You need the other three levels of objective setting to make it happen. Okay, Richard,
0: you've convinced me about the power of the uh, of, of, of the vision, and believe me, I was skeptical. So what practical tips have you got for me now then?
1: Well, I'd say make a choice, but typically do this first by yourself as a key account manager. Take a first draft, a draft of it, and then begin to gather a small group of others who are involved in the account, together so you can take people with you. As I said, right in the present tense. So a visionary objective is not, we will do this, but we are doing this. The relationship with XYZ is not, we aspire to get it.
0: Okay, you mentioned this earlier, I meant to ask at the time, why does it have to be
1: present tense? It's everything to do with, with visualization, what comes out of sports psychology and so forth. That If you position yourself in the place that you want to be and you're describing the situation as you want it to be, as if it's happening, it's like uh, putting a piton in a rock face. You draw yourself towards it. It's an anchor, it's a grappling hook into the future that draws you to the future. That you're not just moving towards something, but that something is concrete, embedded and firm.
0: Okay, yep, okay, I understand. So any other practical tips then? Yep. Be be selective, get
1: the team around you, present tense, what else? Robust language. So don't talk about, uh, with a bit of luck and the wind behind us, (laughs) Uh, it's just possible that we might sort of...
0: Or I hope or... or, Exactly.
1: Hopefully it's uh, anathema to this process. So be really robust. We are um, compellingly convinced... uh, absolute top level these are really strong phrases and words that you want to you want to get in there you don't have to but you can put numbers in so if your relationship was worth a million you could say well it's a 25 million relationship or you could just say it's world leading and don't think that you have to make this too complex one of the best i've ever heard of a visionary objective was an individual in a in fact in an insurance company I asked him what his visionary objective for a relationship was he said this time next year my regional director is making his board presentation and he's talking about an incredibly successful year and the example he uses to demonstrate how successful the region has been is my relationship with this account
0: Okay, Richard. Well, we've done a good job there, I think, of discussing the ins and outs of the
1: visionary objectives. But you, you've got other levels of objectives as well. Uh, yes, absolutely. If you just go for a visionary objective, you're in dreamland. It's fine. It's, it's beautiful. It's important, but it's not enough. Okay. So we need to have relationship objectives. Yep. And of course, we're operating in a commercial environment. So we've got to have smart objectives and stage goals. Yep, that's for sure.
0: Okay, so your position seems to be, Richard, that, you know, there are four levels of objectives, but this
1: visionary stuff is really important. It's absolutely crucial. It's what leads you from the base of the mountains through the clouds to the mountaintops. It's the vision of the athlete on the line for the 100 metres race, seeing where they're trying to get to. It's the vision that got men on the moon. If you don't have a visionary objective... You will not get as far as you could get. As I think it's Ecclesiastes says, where there is no vision, the people perish. The
0: Sounds of Selwell from Mercury International. To get further help or information from Richard, please call plus44... Seven seven one two five eight eight seven five seven, or email Richard Hyam at Mercury.co.uk.